This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On Something by Hilaire Belloc. Chapter 14 The Empire Builder. We possess in this country a breed of men in whom we feel a pride so loyal, so strong, and so frank, that were I to give further expression to it here, I should justly be accused of insisting upon a hackneyed theme. These are the empire builders, the men efficient, the agents whom we cannot but feel, however reluctantly we admit it, to be less strictly bound by the common laws of life than are we lesser ones. But there is something about these men, not hackneyed as a theme, which is their youth. By what process is the great mind developed? Of what sort is the empire builder when he is young? The fellow commonly rises from below. What was his experience there below? In what school was he trained? What accident of fortune? How met, or how surmounted, or how used, produced at last the man who can in that inquiry there is food for very deep reflection. It is here that our masters, whose general motives are so open and so plain, touch upon mystery, that secret power of determining nourishment which is at the base of all organic life, has in its own silent way built up the boyhood and the adolescence which we only know in their maturity. I will not pretend to a full knowledge of that strange education of the mind which has produced so many similar men for the advancement of the race, but I can point to one example which lately came straight across my vision, an accident, an illumination, a revealing flash of how our time breeds the great type. I was acquainted for some hours with the actions of a youth whose very name I am ignorant but whose face I am very certain will appear twenty years hence in a setting of glory, recognized as yet one other of those superb spirits who will do all for England. The occasion was a pageant, no matter what pageant, a great public pageant which passed through the Strand, and was to be witnessed by hundreds of thousands. Let us call it the function. Well, I was walking down the Strand three days before this function was to take place, when I saw in an empty shop window about twenty-five wooden chairs arranged in tiers, one above the other, upon a sloping platform, and lettered from A to Y. In the window was a large notice very clearly printed, and it was to this effect. Why pay fancy prices which must inevitably fall before the function? Seats in this window, commanding a full view of the procession, five shillings. At a little desk in the gangway by which the chairs were approached sat a dark, pale child. I can call him by no other name, so frail and young did he seem, and the delicacy of his complexion led me to wonder perhaps whether he was not one of those whom the climate of England strikes with consumption, and who in the mysterious provinces of our race wander abroad in search of health and find a realm. His alertness, however, and the brilliance of his eye, his winning almost obsequious address, and the hooked clutch of his gestures, betrayed an energy that no physical weakness could conquer. 
he invited me to enter and begged me to purchase a seat. I had no need of one, for I had made arrangements to spend the great day itself and the next at a small hotel in the extreme north of Sutherlandshire. But I was arrested by the evident mental power of my new acquaintance, and I wasted five shillings in buying the chair marked D. It was with some difficulty that I could purchase it, so eager was he that I should have the best place, seeing, said he, that they are all one price, and that you may as well benefit by being an early bird. I noted the strict rectitude for which all that men ignorant of modern comments may say is at the basis of commercial success. Something so attracted me in the whole business that I was weak enough to take a chair in a tea-shop opposite and watch all day the actions of the child of fate. In less than an hour twenty different people, mainly gentlefolk, had come in and bought places at the sensible price at which he offered them. To each of them he gave a ticket corresponding to the number of the chair. He was courteous to all and even expansive. He explained the advantage of each particular seat. So far so good. But what was more astonishing, in the second hour another twenty came and appeared to purchase. In the third, which was the busiest time of the day, some forty, first and last, must have done business with the favorite of fortune. I pondered upon these things very deeply, and went home. Next morning the attraction which the place had for me drew me as with a magnet, and I went somewhat stealthily, I fear, to the same tea-shop, and noticed with the greatest astonishment that the chairs were now not littered, but numbered and that the boy was sitting at his little desk with a series of white cards bearing the figures from one to twenty-five. It was very early, not ten o'clock. The child was as spruce and neat as he had been in the afternoon of the day before. He bore already that mark of energy combined with neatness, which is the stamp of success. I crossed the road and entered. He recognized me at once. Their memory for faces is wonderful, and he said cheerfully, your D corresponds to number four. I thanked him very much and asked him why he had changed his system of notation. He told me it was because several people had explained to him that they remembered figures more easily than letters. Then we talked to each other, agreeing upon the maxims of simplicity and directness which are at the root of all mercantile stability. He told me he required cash from all who bought his chairs, and that there was no agreement no insurance, no frills, as he wittily called them. It is as simple, he said, as buying a pound of tea, and I am satisfied, and they are satisfied. As for the risk, it is covered by the low price, and if you ask me how I can let them at so low a price, I will tell you it is because I have found exactly what was needed, and have added nothing more. Moreover, I did not buy the chairs, but hired them, I went back to my tea-shop with head bent, murmuring to myself those memorable lines. We founded many a mighty state, pray God we may never fail, from craven fears of being great, or words to that effect. That day no less than one hundred and fifty-three people did business with a youth. Next day I found among my morning letters a note from a politician of my acquaintance, telling me that the function was postponed indefinitely. I wasted not a moment, 
I went at once to my post of observation, my tea-shop, and I proceeded to watch the leader. There was as yet no knowledge of the calamity in London. My friends seemed to have noticed me, at any rate a new and somewhat anxious look was apparent on his face. With a firm and decided step I crossed the road to greet him, and when he saw me he was all at his ease. He told me that my seat had been specially asked for and that the higher price had been offered, but a bargain, he said, was a bargain, and so we fell to chatting. When I mentioned, among other subjects, the very great success of his enterprise, he gave a slight start, which did honour to his heart. But he was of too stern a mould to give way. He was of the temper of the pioneers. I assured him at once that it was very far from my intention to reproach him for the talents which he had used with so much ability and energy. I pointed out to him that even if I desired to injure him, which I did not, it would be impossible for me or for anyone to trace more than half a dozen at the most of his numerous clients. It is frequently the case that men of small business capacity will perceive some important element in a commercial problem which escapes the eyes of genius, and I could see that this simple observation of mine had relieved him almost to tears. Before he could thank me, a newsboy appeared with a very large placard upon which was written, Postponed. In a moment his mind grasped the whole meaning of that word, but he went out with a steady step and paid the sixpence which the newsboy demanded. Even in that uncomplaining action, the uncomplaining forfeiture of the comparatively large sum which necessity demanded, one could detect the financial grip which is the true arbiter of the fates of nations. He needed the paper, he did not haggle about the price. He first mastered the exact words of the announcement, and then looking up at me with a face of paper, he said, It is not only postponed, but all this preparation is thrown away. I have said that I have no commercial aptitude. I admit that I was puzzled. Surely, said I, this is exactly what you needed. He shook his head, still restraining by a powerful effort the natural expression of his grief, and showed me, for all his answer, a railway ticket to Boulogne, which he had purchased, and which was available for the night boat on the eve of the function. I then understood what he meant when he said that all his preparations had been thrown away. I do not know whether I did right or wrong. I felt myself to be nothing more than a blind instrument in the hands of the superior power which governs the destinies of people. How much did the ticket cost? said I. Thirty shillings, said he. I pulled out a sovereign and a half-sovereign from my pocket, and said, Here is the money. I have leisure, and I would as soon go to Boulogne as to Sutherlandshire. He did not thank me effusively, as might one of the more excitable and less efficient races, but he grasped my hand and blessed me silently. I then left him. In the steamer to Boulogne, as I was musing over this strange adventure, a sturdy Anglo-Saxon man, a true son of Drake or Raleigh, came up and asked me for my ticket. As I gave it to him, my eye fell idly upon the price of the ticket. It was twenty-five shillings. But I had saved a directing and creative mind. If he should come across these lines, he will remember me. He is probably in the House of Commons by now. Perhaps he has bought his peerage. Wherever he is, I hope, 
you will remember me. The end of chapter 14